following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. There's one power strong enough to break the cycle of addiction and incarceration. One name that restores and redeems hearts. One true savior. This is Prison Transformation Radio. Stories of chains broken and hearts restored. Here are your hosts, Jim Moore and Pastor Dwight Anderson. Welcome to Prison Transformation Radio on AM 980 The Mission, the Twin Cities Christian Voice. This program, we're going to explore recovery and reentry, transitional resources, mm-hmm. and housing with John Henderson, the founder, and Curtis Smith, the director of Crossing Home. Also, we'd like to thank Crossing Home for being our sponsor this month of the other Prison Transformation radio shows. And just to give you a little primer, folks, they're a remarkable resource. They provide not just houses, but homes mm-hmm. for men and women coming out of treatment as an addiction, as well as those folks exiting the criminal justice system and incarceration. So please do visit them. We'll mention the website a couple of times, crossinghome.org. My name is Jim Moore. I'm the director of the R3 Collaborative, and my co-host is the blessed Pastor Dwight Anderson with Prison Mission Association. Oh, you, I admire pastors. <laughs> I'm sorry, I do, okay. and particularly you, my friend. Thank you, How are you Jim. doing, Pastor? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic, Jim. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the show with a good friend, John, who actually started praying together with us just to start this radio show. Yeah, it was and, actually uh, a force in the starting yes, of the show. Yes, yes. I want to thank you, John, for coming over. He's a force in a lot of things. It was my pleasure, and I pray we continue. Yes, yeah. yes. We and your new friend is here. Yeah, Curtis. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Dwight. Curtis Smith. Hi. How are you yeah. doing, Curtis? Yep. Great and to be here. It. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about your ministry and I get to see you. Uh, well, actually, I haven't met you in jail, but I've seen Curtis in prison a few times. <laughs> okay, well, that's the that's a whole nother story. <laughs> the transition. Yeah. We both yeah. were able to make it out. Yes. Yeah. So we have. Uh, we just want to kind of lay out some insights for you folks. Uh, a lot of our work is not only in prison and in treatment programs, mm-hmm. but we are particularly committed to providing a net a network of resources. And folks have heard of halfway houses. Folks Mm -hmm. have heard of sober houses. Mm -hmm. But I don't think folks know that there, Pastor Dwight, there are so many different types, Christian, non-Christian, this or that. And here's something specially unique about Crossing Home that we want to talk about. It's not just the house and the home. Wraparound services, Mm -hmm. mentoring, support, there's structure, there's engagement with the church community, credit restoration, help with tax services. They have, Pastor Dwight, they have one of the best job listings for people coming out. So to just to know that, Mm -hmm. um, that now the the work has just become so strong that now everything is wrapping around, is integrated, and Crossing Home has done a lot. In, in order to make that happen, yeah. and faith-based, but gently faith-based. Yes. And you expanded know? over five states, too, Oh, which is like amazing. five states. Yeah. I get it wrong because they keep growing, but what it's I also love— It's actually six, gentlemen. Oh, see, there you go. Are my there notes are wrong, then. And, and also across Minnesota. So we're, we're going to dig down into that a little bit, but just uh, stay tuned, folks. It's going to be remarkable. So let's uh, get to the rest of the story. We've already, we've already kind of hinted at and introduced our guest, but again, John uh, Henderson is the founder of Crossing Home. Originally, it was my father's house, John, when I first met you. 
Really? And and I just remember, I can just remember those 10, 15 years we've been crossing paths. It's a small kingdom. Curtis, I've gotten to know you over the course of this last year. So let's start with this, guys. A big picture overview uh, to give people kind of a framework umbrella for crossing home. But we like stories. Uh, we'd like to know a little bit about you personally, if you don't mind. Um, how did you get involved with this work? Maybe a little about your faith journey. Um, we'll do that, and then we'll dig into the particulars about Crossing Home. Well, it's been a pleasure to, again, share with you gentlemen and the audience that is listening today and the po- podcast that are, will be available in a very short time. The process that I went through is found, you know, in Revelations chapter 12, verse 11, where we defeat the accuser by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm-hmm. So I always like to give glory to God for him walking with me through the times that I did not uh, deserve to have his company. But so you are a colorful there. character. I have a very colorful <laughs> background yes. of which surviving a 10-year battle with cancer that involved mm-hmm. you know, a right lung and uh, liver and, and colon, and oddly enough, my dear Heavenly Father, which knew what was best for me, gave me a timeout, as I call it, with the Minnesota Department of Corrections, mm. at which time I was completely healed through prayer hmm. while oh, incarcerated. While in, wow. So all that was going on while you were wow. incarcerated. That, that was at the tail end. So my healing yeah. took place within the first few months of my arrival in the system, and that kind of opened my eyes as to hmm. what really is the system, yeah. what is recovery made up of, and now I celebrate 17 years sobriety this month. Praise it's only Lord. through the strength oh, this month. that Christ has given. Wow. So yeah. we want to give great. praise to God for for his kindness and loving heart that no matter what I did, and I did plenty, uh, he still forgave me, healed me, made me whole. Hmm. And now uh, I look forward to meeting him in heaven hmm. very soon. But uh, meanwhile, Jesus tarries, and here I am. Yes. Praising him Jesus and honoring tarries. him and doing whatever I can and to serve. Amen. I do folks have a chance, hope folks have a chance to meet you. And we'll talk more later. You, they can actually come to Crossing Home on February 21st. Mm. It's kind of an open house, an open forum. We'll give you more on that. But um, I've seen you work so many times with men and women. I've, I've heard you speak. I've been to Crossing Homes. We've, we did just the other night. We did a reentry group together. And you just have such a loving heart, but you ain't no pushover. I mean, but folks, it's such a beautiful balance mm-hmm. of kindness and grace and strength and accountability. And I've, I've just, uh, again, hoping people get to meet you, but I, I want people to know that that's kind of my experience of crossing home. It's got to be strong. We've got to have some guidelines, right? Well, John? the analogy that we like to use is as I am now uh, married with two adopted sons of the mother that was a widow and... Uh, there's times where we get to go bowling, and the youngest always has a little trouble getting the ball down to the end of the alley. And so oh. we put up these things called bumpers. Oh, bumpers. Mm-hmm. And so we like to think of uh, Crossing Home and its team as coaches that want to make sure that we don't get off track and get in the alley. Yeah. We don't want any gutter balls, no. and we want to keep everybody focused moving forward. Yeah. Because as I remind all those that we come in contact with, 
We simply want to see them in heaven because heaven wouldn't be wouldn't the same, be the same without, without them. I, can, right. I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. Curtis, how did you get involved, relatively new, this last year, to be the director of Crossing Home? Tell us a little bit about your story, your faith, how it led you to the work, and then we'll do a quick reset and get to the meat of the matter. Yeah, thanks. It's great to be here with you guys, uh, Dwight, and, and we've got John here and, and Jim, and each of us have our own story. You're right about yeah. mm-hmm. how God has worked in our lives. And uh, I grew up in a little bit of a different setting. I didn't, didn't find myself in prison except for actually helping people uh, in that scenario themselves. I grew up in a, a wonderful family. Uh, my parents were, were followers of Jesus that were Christian educators uh, globally. They were international uh, missionaries. And so I lived in Asia and Africa oh my goodness. growing up and mm. uh, then found... Uh, that God had a wife for me who also wanted to do international work, and we we were able to equally do, yoked. Yeah, we That's were able to do work in in uh, Peru, and in a variety of those settings, I had the opportunity working with mission agencies to serve men and women who were incarcerated, and also uh, more recently, I worked with refugees and people who were were struggling with American culture as they as they arrived here in the United States and. As immigrants, uh, they had a lot of cross-cultural challenges, and, mm-hmm. and so I worked with them in, in community development in South Minneapolis. And uh, when you put all of those things together, and, he, and God sometimes surprises you as to how he, how he works in, in your walk, and uh, you just say, Lord, use me however you want me to be used. And uh, there were some folks that in many ways uh, had been in my blind spot of people who were uh, immigrants. Uh, I, I worked with Somalis. I worked with mm. with Hmong refugees and others. Um, but we have immigrants that are uh, coming into Minnesota five thousand at a time. Yeah, it's amazing. And wow. most people don't realize that. At least in southern Minnesota, probably wow. more than that if you count the whole state. We, wow. we um, and uh, you know maybe six, seven thousand. Uh, and those immigrants are coming from a place that we like to nickname Prison Nation. Mm. And. Uh, Coming out of uh, or exiting the criminal justice system, coming out of chemical dependency treatment, oh, as people come out of this, as people, uh, as people immigrate yeah. into our society I, yeah. of uh, of Minnesota and and the Upper Midwest as we see it today, yeah. they have a lot of the same challenges that people coming from other cultures do yeah. because you see they've been living in in a place that may not have cell phones they may be living in a place that mm-hmm. may not have mcdonald's yeah. they they live in a place that may not have uh computers and and uh internet dish and That's internet right. and all kinds of mm-hmm. things like that and there's a lot of similarities uh, of people coming uh, out of or exiting the criminal justice system, as uh, I experienced in working with cross-cultural challenges of immigrants yeah. coming from overseas, maybe uh, places like Somalia yeah, or excellent. others. And yeah. so God worked in that to give me some uh, uh, insights, in cross-cultural insights, you might say, to work with this particular people group that's marginalized mm-hmm. in our society today. Yeah. Those people. Yeah. And we're going to talk yeah. more about those people. I'm one of those people. So am I. <laughs> right? I got addiction. I didn't get caught. Curtis, so I, I didn't go to prison, but I should have. Right, Pastor mm. Dwight? I'm not right, Pastor Dwight, but let's keep it real. Yes. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Prison Transformation Radio with Jim Moore of the R3 Collaborative and myself, Pastor Dwight Anderson, with Prison Mission Association. We come to you on AM 980, The Mission, broadcast every Saturday at 1 p.m. Central. And today we're exploring recovery and reentry transitional support 
Resources and Housing with John Henderson, the founder, and Curtis Smith, the director of Crossing Home. If you missed any part of the show or want to share this program, listen and download the podcast at am980themission.com. So, John, can you help us understand and the people listening the challenges that folks are facing after completing the treatment incarceration and how has Crossing Home developed over the years to address the challenges that people are facing? Yeah, because probably most people yeah. don't really understand what's going on inside of these folks, inside yeah. their hearts, their souls, their minds. What are they facing? Most folks that are in recovery have gone through quite a process of decision-making to make a change in their life and the barriers they face to act out on those changes mm -hmm. and to actually live a changed life, our culture and our society is actually stacked against them. Mm. They're really not uh, very much opportunistic because the decision-making process when you're, when you're incarcerated is limited sometimes to 50 and 60 decisions a day versus the average anywhere from two to 3,000 and a real busy workaholic mm -hmm. like myself could be up to 5,000 wow. a day. Right. So, so like Curtis said, it's a different culture. It there. It's culture shock yeah. all the way. Culture shock yeah. all so, the way. So the objective is, is you're facing uh, barriers and limitations surrounding simple things that we take for granted, such as employment, mm -hmm. such as housing, such as literally they leave, right. put the clothes on their back, and potentially a $100 gate fee. So it's $100 per year up to five years. So the objective is, most of the time, they, they come out with basically nothing, yeah. and they have basically nowhere to go. So the objective is is to connect with them Beautiful. before they complete treatment, mm -hmm. whether it's inside a prison or outside in the secular world. And those are such as Teen Challenge and other organizations. So you're rebuilding them from ground up. So you're giving them soft and hard skills to enter the employment arena, and all the way from beginning wage to sustainable wage. And then you also are working with their housing needs. And that's the beautiful part that we like to uh, announce today and moving forward. Kind of they let the secret out. Crossing Home has a name called Crossing Home. But home stands for what? Home ownership made easier. So the objective is to take those that did not have to those that do have and still not have their colorful background like my own interfere and then being a productive member of the community mm -hmm. in their church and in, in their family and bring that healing that they really need and desire Amen. Mm -hmm. I, I do find from a lot of people they have a hard time finding housing with a felony on their record yeah. sometimes even transitional housing an apartment but so you provide the housing the structure for a period of time a season six months to a year they're in a structured environment and then a pathway to owning their own home and it's just, more, when I say that to people, they gasp, like, I could have my own home. I said, yeah, not next wow. month, but and let's invest a year or two, right, John? And, and realistically, that's uh, our average stay uh, to date is one week shy of six months. However, those entering the home ownership program could be with us as much as 18 to 24 months. Okay. It does take really that long to get them restored, mm -hmm. both in mind, body, and spirit, bring that healing so that they're complete, and it does take that time yeah. period, yes. And, and this is not like a teen challenge or a prison where you're in an institution. You have a structured living environment, right? And you there's, there's accountability, there's curfew, maybe random drug tests, but you basically go to work during the day. 
You go to school during the day as you build up more and more opportunity. So you're out in the world. You just got those bumpers. You've got those guardrails, right, that they keep you structured, whether it's six months or a year or 18 months. And essentially you want to keep in mind that that the objective is, is you meet them where they're at, you work with them and their objectives as part of the restoration process. See, and that's that mentoring and coaching that comes in. Well, how about stories, guys? I know you've worked with, mm-hmm. oh, so many homes and so many folks that have come through. Uh, can you give us some examples, Curtis, of, of you know, someone who comes in this right out of prison and that? What kind of transformation do you see over the months? Well, it starts right as people get out the gate. Uh, you know, it's, it's difficult to to make that transition to even maybe they've never ridden a bus before and they have to ride a bus uh, mm-hmm. to even get to to uh, assistance. And uh, those stories, like I, I found uh, one guy right outside of our drop-in center. He was trying to figure out where we were. And he had almost had a nervous breakdown because uh, he had never ridden a bus before. He hadn't used a cell phone the way that wow. he had a new cell phone. And uh, he, he just was struggling. And uh, fortunately, we were there. We were there to assist. And, uh, you know, one guy, one of our uh, residents, his name is George, he says, I, I know that if I had paroled to the streets or a halfway house or a homeless shelter, I would not have lasted more than a couple of weeks. I just yeah. heard him and that's say that. a tragedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And another guy, Matt, uh, one of our in one of our South Dakota homes says, I don't think I ever really knew what a true friend was until I came here. I love quoting those quotations because they're not my words. They're the men's words, the men and women that we serve that uh, are true stories and lives are transformed. We, We have you know, a couple other stories. We were just talking about Hakeem over on the way who was coming over here, uh, as we were coming over here, and, and the transformation that he's had to, to make. Uh, he's had a, a humongous transla- transformation from Islam all the way to Christianity. And, and, mm, wow. And, uh, Praise and the so um, there are those stories that we have that we have the privilege of being a part of, and they're really God's story. It's God's yeah. mission, mm-hmm. and uh, right. we we want to just praise God for the opportunity to be a part of this. Amen, mm-hmm. amen. Yeah, we just and and folks, there is an opportunity, and I want to I want to make sure you you we have a chance to offer to you on February twenty first. Every month we do our three networking meetings where a number of ministries come together. Mm-hmm. Crossing Home is hosting that on February twenty first. You can meet John and Curtis. You can engage with other ministries. All of that information is at uh, r3collaborative.org under upcoming events. Uh, what I want to ask you guys, a couple minutes left. So let's say that that I, I'm, and it's not just for people coming out of prison, right? Because we just got a fellow from Teen Challenge into Crossing Home yesterday. Mm-hmm. So what is the entry point? Uh, Curtis, you mentioned drop-in centers. How do folks engage with you? These are folks who either have a loved one they're looking for a place, or maybe it's a case manager's helping them. Tell us about these drop-in centers, the application process, and how would we go about exploring the possibility of crossing home? One of the great things that that John has developed is a very close relationship with the Minnesota Department of Corrections. And that's, I think, maybe even the highlight of, of our crossing home existence is John's relationship that he's developed in that yeah. Uh, reentry process hmm. because oftentimes we we will get contacted before people are out of prison. In fact, we go in to uh, mm-hmm. to 
um, to prisons across the state for um, those days when they when they talk about what people are going to be doing after they get out and uh, what are they called transitional transitional fairs, fairs. Yep, that's, that's right that's yeah. yeah I was trying to think of the word yeah. <laughs> and um, as uh, as we do that that's kind of like maybe the first point of, of discussion where we're actually contacting right. people where we're in prison so they may or may not have already heard of us but many of the parole officers and people in transition and the and those uh in the department of corrections and, and teen challenge already know about us so yeah. we have those relationships and those people that mentor those who are in mm-hmm. prison or in those programs may work to encourage people to contact us and then john's really developed a very uh, extensive uh process where they uh contact crossing home and you, you can find out that contact information right through our web, website, crossinghome.org. And, uh, and after they contact us, send us a letter of uh, interest, we will then you know, start the communication with them. They'll eventually go through our uh, intake process, which includes an application. We get release their whole extensive history. We understand what they're going through. That's and wonderful. then we interview them. And John does a great job of that. I think yeah. those that, that first few steps of the process are really key to making sure that people are successful and that they don't do a U-turn right back into prison. I sent somebody delivery yesterday to tell them about the drop-in center. And John, even though you're the founder and you ain't no big shot or you don't act like one, he said, oh, I went in and I sat down and talked with John Henderson. He texted me this morning. So so you are on the front line, aren't you, John? So uh, what what happens in those interviews that Curtis just described to us? How does that go? The trenches are so important, you know, yeah. so important. Um, you know, we call it encouragement. Really, you know, the best practices calls it motivational interviewing. Yeah. And really, you're actually seeking information to properly place them where they're going to best succeed, somewhere in the state or outstate. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the, what God has blessed us with, with the network. But the objective is is where are you going to see them succeed? And you can only do that by basically sitting down, finding out, you know, what their needs are. And it's important that the listeners know, too, that Crossing Home is not a facility. Crossing Home is not a halfway house. Crossing Home is not, you know, anything to do with uh, the criminal justice system. It Mm -hmm. is basically an exit. It is a home. Everything is in a setting of a residential home. So Mm -hmm. it's not about... Uh, the masses, it's about quality, and it, it averaged four to six residents, and each one is a community, and that allows the community around it to get involved. So don't you don't have to be worried. You're not going to be coming to a prison to be involved mm-hmm. with Crossing Home. Yeah, you're you're coming gonna, to a home in the community. You're coming to a home in the community yeah. that doesn't advertise. There's no big sign outside the door. That's yeah. uh, you know, So our objective is to bring them back, encourage them, as well as equip them, to be real. If people want to uh, volunteer, what kind of things could they do to help and how, how would they go about that? There are a lot of ways to volunteer. We, we kind of think of them as, as the three P's, you might say. We, we first of all, ask people to pray mm-hmm. because that's the key to right. all of it. Uh, this is you know, spiritual transformation. And so we start with prayer. We, we would love to have people, you know, every two of our residents, or every resident having two people praying for each of them. Uh, we'd love to have churches praying for our residents and those people in transition. Uh, then we have opportunities for them to get involved with the drop-in center. We have others, uh, ways that they could get involved, even working in the office. We, we need volunteers to help us mm. with mailings okay. and, and computer data practical entry stuff. and practical things, yeah. just like any nonprofit would. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and yet there are ways you can get your whole church involved too. 
churches have done sock kits, for example, filling them up yeah, with I've seen all kinds of toiletries and, and things to help people on the way out. We, yeah. we People donate clothes for our drop-in centers. People need things right away. They want to get rid of their their yeah. uh, prison garb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so no there are many ways to, to assist. But prayer, uh, participation, and then pocketbook is the third P. Amen. Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us today. And you've been listening to Prison Transformation Radio. We're on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Central on AM 980, The Mission. And help us spread the word about Prison Transformation Radio. And um, Curtis, we've got a few minutes, a few, no, a few actually, seconds, a few seconds I should say. <laughs> you close us out in a prayer. Sure. I, I, let me just say this prayer that was uh, given by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was in prison himself. He says, Lord, have mercy. Restore me to liberty and enable me so to live now that I may answer before thee and before the world. Lord, whatever this day may bring, thy name be praised. Amen. I'm here to make amen. amen. God bless you and yes. your work. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to next week's show. <laughs>